This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. We are preparing and previewing the Michigan-Iowa matchup. It's the Wolverines' first road test of the season, first game with a single-digit point spread. You know, so, so really, I guess the first, quote-unquote, true test of the season for Michigan. Got to take a look at the keys for Michigan's offense and defense, as well as make our final predictions for the game at the end of this episode. If you want to read more about this matchup, we've got tons over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. I have done my by the number story. I have my scouting. By the time this episode's up, my scouting report will be on the site. We've heard from Iowa beat writers. Obviously, we've heard from Michigan's press conferences this week. So uh, lots of coverage. Really could be your one-stop shop for everything. So be sure to check all of that out. So, Steve, you and I were uh, kind of talking before the show. The, the, the big challenge, I think, for this game, no matter what you think of Iowa's special teams or you know what kind of fluke situation can come up, if Michigan scores 24 points in this game, I, I think you and I are in agreement. It almost seems impossible for Iowa to, to keep up. You know, They might get a few points here and there. They might have a couple drives where they have success, but it, it's hard to – imagine them conducting say four scoring drives because they've barely got four scoring drives all season uh, through four games. I mean, this is, this is an offense that is the bottom 10 in the country in every single category. You know, they, they, they have one receiver wide receiver with more than five targets this season. Uh, You know, they have Sam Laporta. He's pretty good, but, and I think, I think they're, they're running back Caleb Johnson. I think he's actually going to end up having a, a pretty good freshman season. To me, this is an Iowa offense that is kind of in rebuilding mode. Iowa isn't traditionally known as an offensive powerhouse, but I think this is an especially bad season because they're they're pretty young at running back. They're injured at wide receiver. And then their offensive line just isn't particularly good, which is especially compared to past Iowa offensive lines. Uh, it's it's not great in pass protection. It's all right in, in the run game, but not, nothing special, nothing, you know, I wouldn't call it a strength of their team. So Steve, let's, let's use that premise for scoring drives. I mean, what, what is the biggest key for Michigan going up against this Iowa defense, which is almost the opposite of the offense where, you know, they don't miss tackles. They're excellent in coverage. They force turnovers. They don't give up a lot of free yards. They don't blow assignments. And if you're trying to run the ball, they're going to meet you at the line of scrimmage. So what's the biggest key 
for this Michigan offense heading into this matchup? I think it comes down. I think it comes down to JJ McCarthy having to play uh, smart football. That's what Iowa, the Iowa defense for basically forever uh, has feasted on quarterbacks that, that make mistakes. Right. I mean, that's, I think that's really the key to the game. Cause if Michigan, I think Michigan, Iowa's defense is solid and they always are, but I think Michigan has the athletes to run away with this one. If they're playing sound fundamental football, particularly at the quarterback position. Right. I think that's like, again, I, that, I think that's really where Iowa's success defensively has almost always been born is, is on uh, capitalizing on mistakes. You know, I think it was how many, like have there been multiple years in the last like five or six years where they lead the country in interceptions or something like there. I remember that when they, was it last year, a few years ago, they had, they had like this, uh, the outrageous turnover margin. Uh, there's just, they capitalize on mistakes better than, than most teams in the country do on the defensive side of the ball. So I think if you're Michigan, I do, I think it comes down to uh, keeping the ball off the ground. And for one, I mean, how many fumbled, Michigan fumbled the ball, what, three times against uh, Maryland last Saturday, almost had an interception in the, in the red zone. Uh, you know, so I think that's really, for me, it, it just comes down to, to playing fundamental football because I, I, I think good as Iowa's defense probably is, I think if you line these two teams up man to man and, and neither team makes a mistake in their respective, uh, if either unit makes no mistakes, I think Michigan wins out because I think they have better athletes on the outside. I think their, their offensive line can win that battle up front. And, uh, you know, Blake Corum probably should be the best player on the field again on Saturday. So, yeah, I think it just, yeah, I just don't think Michigan wants a repeat of what they did. I think, I think if, if, if they're putting the ball on the ground, making some questionable throws, McCarthy running around trying to make the big play, I think that's where Michigan could end up playing into Iowa's hands and, and giving the Hawkeyes an opportunity to win. Yeah. I think, I think the smart turnover free football is, is essential. I mean, that's think about Ohio state of all the top five wins, Iowa has had at Kinnick over the past, what, 14 years. I think I saw their five and one against top five teams, which is incredible. But I think a couple of those top five teams didn't end up having top five seasons. Ohio State is the one. And if I recall correctly, there were some definite turnovers and giveaways in that game. So that's that's hugely important. You know, Iowa's secondary, they're they're great at getting their hands on the ball. A lot of pass breakups, a lot of interceptions. And even last week against Rutgers, I don't think, I mean, Iowa scored two touchdowns on the defensive side of things in a 17-point win. That game looks a lot different if, if the, you know, Rutgers doesn't surrender two defensive touchdowns. So that's, a, that's a pretty much the main key. Uh, second one, I, I think there's going to be openings in the pass game in the flats and also kind of in the middle of the field. You know, Iowa's linebackers and kind of their their third slot corner, say, you know, nickel safety type roles, not as great as their, you know, main coverage guys. There is a drop off there. And so I think this is a great game to throw to your tight ends. I think this is a great game if he's healthy to get Donovan. I think he was called probable earlier this week. Great game to get him involved in pass passing situations or pass catching situations that's a really good way to put Iowa on its heels in a way that other teams can't. Not every team has what Michigan has at tight end 
or at slot receiver, thinking about like an AJ Henning, uh, or at running back in terms of Corum and Edwards' ability to, to ca- catch passes. So I think this is a great opportunity for that. Uh, the other key, just to round out, you know, kind of my, my offensive thoughts, this has to be a game where Olu, Oluwatimi is at his best. And Zach Zinter and I assume Giovanni Elhadi, I suppose Trevor Keegan could, could return. But Iowa, not, not like amazing, amazing at the pass rush, better than anyone Michigan has faced this season, to be sure. But elite at the interior pass rush. They have defensive tackles that uh, would probably be all conference in any conference would start for just about any team in the country. Um, You know, Van Ness is really the one who stands out the most to me. You know, he's on pace for 60 quarterback pressures this season. I mean, that's, those are Mo Hurst numbers. So definitely need to need to one block them best you can, but, but also I think it's important for JJ McCarthy thinking about that smart football has to know that that pocket, even if he doesn't necessarily have to get out and run, the middle of that pocket's going to be pushed back more than usual. So understanding that, understanding where the pressure's coming from and how to get out of it because he's quick enough to get out of it, but he also has to know what's coming and where it's coming from in order to do so. So I think, think those are like the non-between-the-ears things, keys that I could think of. All right, switching over to a couple over-unders here. I like this one. You mentioned Blake Corum might be the best player on the field when Michigan has the ball. I, I tend to disagree because I'm pretty sold on you know, a couple Iowa defenders, you know, Jack Campbell, Riley Moss. But does he get to 109.5 rushing yards? That's the, that's the over-under. Not total yards, uh, just rushing yards. He's, he's off to a great start this season. Steve, do you think he gets to 110 or more in this game? Uh, I'm actually going to say the under. I, I think Michigan's path to victory is going to be more on the edge. I've maybe see Michigan do more of the bubble stuff that we saw against, like we saw earlier in the season, you know, the stuff we talked yep. about not seeing against Maryland. Uh, I think this is a good time to bring that back. I also, like you said, I totally, this might be the game. Again, provide, we assume he's healthy. We think he's going to play that this might be where Donovan Edwards makes a big impact. Uh, you know, so I think, I think Iowa, I think what they're, they're going to, they're going to sell out to stop the run and they're going to try to bank on McCarthy making a couple mistakes in the passing game. Uh, so I'm going to say that Corum is under. Okay. I was also going to take the under to me. This game reminds me a lot of the Michigan Wisconsin game last season. Now, granted, not the same teams, but I remember Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins actually put up pretty bad numbers against Wisconsin rushing the ball last season but they were valuable. I think they only got 113 combined rushing yards, but it was about the yards available. It was about fighting, you know, keeping your legs pumping and, and going further than you were tackled to go, right? So if you're tackled at the 41, can you push to the 43? Perhaps things are different in this game. I, I don't know, but, but at the same time, I kind of feel like this is going to be a game where Michigan's going to have to pass to set up the run because Iowa has the bodies they have the physicality. They can, they can stop the run. They can. Uh, and, and I don't know if they can, if it's a truly balanced offensive effort, but I'm with you. I think they're going to kind of dare Michigan to throw. Speaking of that, 6.5 combined receptions for Ronnie Bell and Roman Wilson. So last week, 
you, I think you and I both mentioned this took a very long time for Michigan to get the ball in Roman Wilson and Ronnie Bell's hands. They ended up being effective in the game, but at the same time, it took like almost until the fourth quarter really for either of them to touch the ball or, or, you know, get targeted on a consistent basis. They're Michigan's two best receivers. I don't think it's, it's much of a debate anymore. I think they've both elevated their games to, to a really high level. But with some of the passing scheme and thoughts in mind, do they combine for seven or more receptions? I'm going to take the over just because I do think when push comes to shove, Michigan's going to try to get the ball in their hands. Steve, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm taking the over as well. I don't think that's that that high of a number. Uh, if Not before last week. Right. Yeah. If, we're, if we're following the game plan that we just sort of laid out that we think I was going to bring, I think that Michigan is almost in a way would be in trouble if they don't, if those two don't hit the over on that number, right? If, if, if Corum does not hit 110 yards rushing because I was selling out to stop the run, either somebody like Andrell Anthony or Cornelius Johnson steps up and has a huge game, or if not, and those two guys don't hit that over, I think Michigan, it's, it's going to be a very close game. All right. Last one, Michigan's longest Pass play goes for 44.5 yards. This can count yards after the catch. But Steve, I think this was the big difference between the Michigan-Iowa games of 2016 and 2019 and the one last fall is last fall, Michigan showed some legit speed, playmaking ability. You know, obviously the the Donovan Edwards to Roman Wilson pass. Blake Corum had a nice run too. Uh, And it felt like Michigan was able to get comfortable and, and air the ball out a little bit more. Great pass protection game from the offensive line. I don't know Iowa's actual stats on 44.5-yard plays or 45-yard plays or more. I think I'm going to take the under on the safe side, but your thoughts on this on this over-under? Um, That's a good one. This is the best one so far. Uh, I'll take the slight under. I think the wild card here is if if – how well McCarthy does in, in reading the, the run pass options stuff. Uh, he had opportunities last week. I, I, I wonder if Iowa will crash, you know, I, I just, I think that's where they can open some stuff up. I think just, just hitting the edge period, whether it's by that or those bubble screens where Michigan has done a really good job blocking on the edge. I think those are where they, those are the types of plays. We're not going to see many, you know, maybe not many off tackles, that are going for eight, nine, 10 yards, at least on a consistent basis. Right. So I I would say I'm going to have to say under slightly. Okay. With that, we're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll talk about the defensive side of things and make our final predictions for the game. This is the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So defensive side, things seem easier, right? This is less house of horrors, more just make sure you don't forget how to do something. You know, I think I think penalties are a big one. I think, you know, understanding you still have to cover the, the wide receivers. Arlen Bruce the fourth is the only one who's who's done anything so far in terms of wide receivers. Doesn't mean the other players can't. You know, and then obviously covering Sam Laporta, the run game running backs. I, I wouldn't say they have a star running back right now, but, you know, Caleb Johnson's a pretty good freshman. The other two, uh, LaShawn and Gavin Williams, no relation, but they're, they're pretty good in the passing game, actually. So and then, and then they have Luke Lachey as their second tight end. So they have decent passing attack. And I, I will say I will give Iowa credit for this. I think their offense has gotten better each week. Follow our guys over at at Hawkeye Insider pretty closely. They've done a good job noting that it was terrible week one. I mean, tonight even score a touchdown against an FCS team. Uh, it's about as bad as it gets. Literally scored two safeties and didn't score a touchdown. Iowa State, I think it was, what, one touchdown? But since then, I think there's been a little bit more progress. I don't think it's been great, but I do think there's, there's been progress but I think for me, the biggest, the biggest key that, I, that comes to mind is this, this is a game where you have to get pressure on Spencer Petrus. His passer rating, or passer efficiency rating, I should say, uh, where 150 is, is good. It goes, it, it's 110 when he's not under pressure. When he's under pressure, it's 43. I, I kind of look at that every time Michigan plays somebody – it never drops that far. It is never that far of a drop-off. And, I mean, he's unplayable if he's under pressure. He, he's almost better off literally taking a sack than trying to throw the ball when he's under pressure. So, to me, if Michigan can get pressure on him, uh, this, this, game, this game might get ugly for, for Iowa's offense. And, and I'm sure they'll try to get the ball in the tight ends and the running back's hands and try to get the ball out quickly. Uh, but this is not a super strong Iowa pass protection line. You know, it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Wisconsin last year, where I think, I think the line hasn't quite gelled, hasn't quite figured itself out yet. And so they've let up quite a bit of pressures uh, more than Michigan has more than a lot of teams in the big 10. So for me, if you can provide some uh, serviceable amount of pressure and unlike Talia last week you know, for Maryland, Petrus isn't going anywhere. You know, he's, he, he can move a little bit, but I, he's, not, he's not a true threat in the run game, in my personal opinion. So, yeah, for me, that's the biggest key. What's your biggest key for Michigan's defense in this matchup? Um, I guess the one thing I feel adamant about in this game, I think this is a classic game of, I think, early. I think Iowa is going to, they're just going to throw some crap out there and some trick trick type plays. I think they're going to do some stuff to try to get the crowd pumped up and, and get 
some momentum going early uh, to maybe build up some confidence for their guys. So I kind of think I, I, I'm going to maybe almost just take a, a segment of the game. I think Michigan has to come out and look good uh, right off the bat in this game, uh, just because, you know, Iowa's defense is capable of slowing Michigan down to a level, uh, you know, that may give them a shot offensively. It's just been, like I said, hard to see Iowa sustaining success offensively. So I think they're going to have to try to hit something big early on. Uh, like I said, to kind of get the crowd going, get, get everybody, get their, their sideline pumped up, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's adamant for Michigan defensively to come out early and sort of set the tone. Uh, I, I think that that is something like, I totally agree with you. This is one of those games that, yeah, if, if Michigan, let's say if their front four uh, continues to progress and, and they get some pressure, yeah, this game could turn in to a blowout. The way that it doesn't, in my mind, is if Iowa gets off to an early lead, defense starts to get comfortable, Michigan maybe forces some stuff, makes a couple of mistakes. So, uh, yeah, if, if Michigan can come out early, slow them down, force a few punts, or maybe a couple, maybe force a turnover or two, uh, I think Michigan could could run away with this one. So uh, just got to come out of that locker room with uh, with some intensity and, and with just with sound football, you know, because like I just I really and I, we'll we'll talk about this after the game. But I, I do. I think I just think I was going to try to pull out some, some kind of rabbit out of their hat early on and, and try to catch Michigan off guard. Yeah, they they very well could against Rutgers, though, they were pretty predictable. So for reference, they, uh, and granted, different opponent, different context, the situation, everything. But on first down, they had 26 first down plays, I believe. And I think they ran on 21 of them. They had 10 third down plays. They passed on nine of them. So this is, you know, they, you do have to be on guard for the trick plays, for the, for the unconventional stuff, for the throw out the playbook or you know, throw out the last page of the playbook, whatever. But if you can settle in as a Michigan defense, it really is stop the run on first down, pin your ears back and try to stop the pass on third down. I mean, there is a true element of run, run pass to Iowa's offense right now. All right. A couple over unders, two and a half sacks for Michigan's defense. They got three last week. So they got the over, over last week. I, but it did take a while. It probably took until that last drive. Are they able to get that many against Iowa? I'm going to take – I hate the sack predictions. I don't even know why I let this one be one of the ones we do on the podcast. But I always hate sack predictions because it's very random. Uh, pressures are, are a number that's a little bit more easy to predict. But, but three sacks. I'm going to take the over just because I, I – of. Iowa's lack of mobility at quarterback. I do think they're capable of playing kind of the Hawaii game plan where it's get the ball out as quickly as possible. And I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sold on Michigan's pass rush just yet, but three over the course of the game, when there's a decent chance, Iowa's playing from behind. Uh, I'm going to take the over on it. Your thoughts. You think Iowa can play the, the one, two, three pass game. I mean, I just, I just read that their receivers had one catch for five yards against Rutgers last week i mean it feels yeah. like a situation where michigan but, but doesn't that play into that notion like instead of having to throw it to the wide receivers on the perimeter they can just get it to the running back in the flats or, feed or the tight end yeah possibly yeah i mean i guess if you're michigan then i mean so you're playing turner and green 
super aggressively and then maybe just blitzing and trying to put pressure on them, you know, as long as they're not getting five or six yards a knock on first down. Cause yeah, I mean, again, we know they're going to try to run the football. Uh, I do like both of their backs. Like actually Michigan really liked Caleb Johnson last cycle, the the running back, their freshman uh, Michigan, Mike Hart was, they were very high on him. He's, uh, he's so, off to a nice start. Yeah. yeah no, he's going to be a good player. That was a real, like Iowa makes always has like nice little recruiting pickups like that. That's one of them. So, um, but anyway, we expect them to run the ball. I just, I'm going to say over, I think Michigan creates enough pressure to get to him. Yeah. And I do think he's, he's statue enough. Yeah. He's not cause, cause you know, to tag of credit last week, he got out of a few little sticky situations. Cause yeah, I know, I know at least one sack was on like Derek Moore got his sack on the last drive. So they were at, two I thought they might have gotten that back up twice actually so you might be right uh but I think they create enough you know if it's a team stat and not a defensive line stat I think Michigan gets to them enough to uh to get over that number so I'm gonna say over all right next one uh, let's do the interesting one 149.5 yards as some for Iowa's leading receiver and leading rusher so does their leading rushers rushing total and their leading receivers receiving total exceed 150 yards i it's weird because that's not a high number it really isn't but i think i'm going to take the under i mean because that's basically saying does does laporta get to 80 yards receiving and does one of their running backs get to 70 now they have a nice rotation i i kind of wonder if johnson emerges as a starter in this game uh over Lashawn williams but at the same time do any of them get above 75 yards? I'm I'm leaning no, so I'm going to take the under on this one. Michigan might be all right if the over hits here, but I kind of think that you know the, it's going to be a, a different Iowa offense than we're expecting if the over hits because statistically, I don't know if they've hit the over much at all this season on, the, on this particular one. So, Steve, your thoughts on this one? So they actually did kind of come close to that on Saturday against Rutgers. Laporta had 77. LaShawn Williams had 64 yards rushing. So that's what, 141? Um, yeah. Okay. And, good, and good call. Neil, Neil made, Neil and, did a good number for us. Right. Well, and to be, and to be fair, Johnson still had 15 carries for 58 yards. So that, I mean, they, they basically split their running back production down the middle. So that's what I'm actually going to take the over on this one just because I think, yeah, I, I think they will try to feed Laporta. He's their best matchup offensively. And then, yeah, I, I mean, maybe we see a little bit less of a split in the carries department. Um, you know, I, I do think Iowa, I may be wrong. I just, I feel like they've always sort of been a hot hand type team at running back. I mean, if they have one of the, two, one of the two or even Gavin Williams, uh, you know, if, if any of them get going, I mean, maybe they'll try to ride that guy. So I'll say over. All right. Last one. Couldn't be a Iowa preview without some punting talk. Does Iowa have 3.5 more punts than Michigan? So Iowa, I mean, the joke has always been that they're, they're comfortable punting from the opponent's 20-yard line, you know, if they can pin someone at the one. Uh, I mean, that's, I don't think that particular scenario has ever played out, but, you know, they will punt from their opponent's territory and be, like, proud of it and be like, all right, let's go pin them inside the five. They have a great punter, Tory Taylor. Uh, he's fantastic. Probably one of the best in the country. Uh, particularly at the, you know, getting the backspin on the ball and getting a pin inside the 10. So does this, I mean, I guess this is a little bit of a defense offense question too. 
but does Iowa punt four or more times more than Michigan? I think I might take the under. I mean, it's if it's like six to four or something. I you know if if it's like last season where Michigan's offense is just having a lot of success, then the answer is going to be very easily uh, over. But I I kind of I feel like Michigan's not going to have constant easy success against this Iowa defense. So I'm going to take the under on this one. Your thoughts. I'm going to take the under too. I just, that, that'd be, that would uh, constitute a blowout. I almost feel like, and I'm not quite at blowout stage for this game. So I mean, I don't, I don't know about you. I mean, I think Iowa's defense is going to have some success against Michigan's offense. I don't expect Michigan to run up and down the field on Saturday. Uh, I just not to that extent necessarily so right well even if it's like seven to four that's what i mean still like, a that, big differential that, yes yeah not that big like four more punts is a lot like that's in the course of a four-quarter game uh that's a pretty big stretch so i'm also going to go with the under yeah where things get might get interesting is you know we know michigan likes to go for it on fourth and shorts under the current coaching regime iowa probably more deferential to punt than most teams in the country, knowing who they have punting the ball. Same time. I, I think I'm going to take the under. All right, Steve, your final thoughts on this game and your score prediction for Saturday. Uh, so my controversial thought about this game is that in, in a way, I actually think it's sort of a positive that it's on the road for Michigan, because I, I think it's the one area where the team can sort of draw motivation and sort of that chip on their shoulder in this game where, you know, it's the house of horrors, nobody like top, this is where top five teams go to die. I think Michigan can draw something out of that, you know, for a young talented team that's still sort of coming together had their first real test last week. You know, I, I, again, Kinnick's a tough place. If this game was at night, we might be talking about it a little bit differently just because there is some, I I, I do think there's some voodoo there, but uh, either way, you know, a lot of the talk has been about Iowa's defense slowing McCarthy down, slowing the Michigan offense down. But I mean, man, like Iowa's offense is just so bad. I just can't fathom. They're not going to score two defensive touchdowns like they did against Rutgers. I mean, that's that's how they won, which is just. You know how many teams say that before they face Iowa, though? And then yeah. it could happen. True, true. But I don't know. I don't see Michigan falling into that trap. Uh I go back to, you know, I'd say McCarthy made the one really questionable throw in the red zone last week, but I go back to that, that 17 for 18 number of throws inside 20 yards. And and really, honestly, none of those were even forced or, you know, uh, even 60, 40 or 70, 30s. I mean, those were hitting open guys for nice seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 yard gains. Uh, You know, I think that's something Michigan could do here while being able to possibly open it for the deep ball again. I go back to like, you know, the, all the criticism about the play calling last week. I just still don't buy it because uh, the Michigan on those one of it, uh, the one of eight deep throws that McCarthy had, uh, there were guys open on probably at least five or six of those throws that would have completely changed the outlook and the perception of that game for Michigan's offense. So, you know, I'd go back to the bubble stuff, let Roman Wilson do some work. Um, same with Ronnie Bell, even Cor- you know Cornelius Johnson, who's really effective with those. I mean, they have multiple guys they can use in that aspect too. So, you know, that's if I'm Michigan, that's what I do. Use that to to force uh, Iowa to be a little more horizontal 
defensively, especially at the linebacker position to, to maybe open things up in the front seven to run the football. So I'm going to go with Michigan 29, Iowa uh, 14. I think Michigan, I'm, maybe it's a late touchdown to pull away. I, I just, I don't know. I just, all week I was trying to think of a path for, for victory to Iowa. And I just don't see it unless they score like a, a defensive and a special teams touchdown, uh, even though it's at home, unless we just haven't seen, unless we're going to see something from Iowa's offense that we haven't seen all year, but there's been, there's been no tangible or even intangible uh, indication that we're going to see some offense that's going to move the ball up and down the field. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's three kind of recent games that I'm, I'm drawing upon here when I'm trying to, I guess, visualize how I think this game will go. I mean, the, the first one is last year's big 10 championship game. You know, that was a game where Michigan for a long time, these Michigan Iowa games have always been close. They've always been kind of tough battles uh, And Michigan kind of looks a lot like Iowa, even, even if they are slightly more skilled at the skill positions or, or whatever, you know, thinking about the 2016 game, the 2019 game, uh, even before that, I mean, these were always low scoring physical games. And Michigan brought the physicality to the Big Ten Championship game, but they also brought speed. And, and it kind of looked like what Ohio State does when they play Wisconsin or when they play Iowa, where, where the speed just adds up and they just kind of pull away because as good as those defenses are, they don't have the team defensive speed to keep up with, say, an A.J. Henning, a Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, Roman Wilson, so I, there's a part of me, you know, I, I think that's a possibility. The other thing that, that makes me feel like Michigan might be all right is last season around almost to the day a year ago, we were talking about Michigan struggling at home in its first Big Ten game. It was against Rutgers. And then they have this road test against this, you know, stout defense, uh, maybe one of the best defenses in the country. And it was obviously Michigan-Wisconsin. And you saw Michigan, it didn't necessarily happen all at once. But you also saw the speed. You saw the creativity. Uh, you know, just just the flea flicker touchdown. You know, some of those plays, and then enough physicality, certainly on defense, to to come away with a pretty lopsided win. So that has me thinking Michigan will win. Where I think it will get closer is Michigan when they played at Kinnick last time in 2016. I think people kind of forget. I mean, there were two running into the punter penalties. There was that that erroneous I would say uh targeting penalty on, on Devin Bush in special teams and then there was that face mask penalty with with Mike McRae on that last drive I mean if any one of those penalties doesn't happen Michigan wins that football game but they all happen and that's that's to me the difference with playing at Kinnick versus you know it's I mean it's there is there is something to it and I think Iowa can also I mean there's a couple positions where Michigan is one injury or one hard hit away from being dangerously thin. Uh, and so to me, I, I think it's kind of a situation where, where something, you know, something's going to go wrong for Michigan. It's not going to be the big 10 championship where seemingly everything went right. At least I, I really don't think so. I think there's going to be some true adversity in this matchup. So for me, I still think Michigan wins because I do think they have the better football team, but it's going to be, Michigan 24, Iowa 16. Don't know how they get to 16. 
could literally be any combination with their ability to get safeties and field goals. So. I say they won a game seven <laughs> to three with a field goal and two safeties. Right, was, right. So it could be a know. whole bunch of different combinations. But I'm going to say Michigan 24, Iowa 16. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. Be sure to check out all of our stories over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you after the game. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.